Okay, everybody, uh, Doug here, solo in the studio this week, and I wanted to do uh, just a quick podcast on the 1998 12-part uh, HBO miniseries, From the Earth to the Moon, just because uh, between Peter and I doing First Man, Apollo 13, and the Right Stuff, you know, we've referenced From the Earth to the Moon multiple times, and I thought it was worth doing its own uh, podcast. For those who haven't seen it, this was a 12-part, each part is one hour, uh, HBO miniseries uh, that was uh, made by Ron Howard, Brian Grazer, and Tom Hanks, as well as Michael Bostick, and is very heavily based on Andy Chaikin's uh, phenomenal book, which we've talked about on the podcast before, uh, A Man on the Moon. Um, this is really, it is difficult for me to convey how well done I think the miniseries is. They do essentially um, all of the Apollo program in a lot of detail over the course of 12 episodes. They do do one episode that essentially encompasses uh, Mercury and Gemini, and I'll get to that in a little bit, but the core of the entire miniseries is really Project Apollo. Each episode um, is introduced by Tom Hanks, uh, not in characters, sort of as Tom Hanks, doing a just sort of a two to three minute uh, monologue that sort of sets the stage for the episode. Hanks appears in one episode that I'll talk about a little bit as well. Um, the the show is really remarkable in a couple of respects. First, the production values are incredibly high. It's not quite at the level of Apollo 13, but it's pretty darn close. And for television, it's far uh, above and beyond what you would expect for most television shows. They really put a lot of time and effort and care into it, and, and it really shows up on the screen. You can tell that this is a labor of love on the part of the, the producers uh, and the creators of the show. And they follow... Uh, the Chaikin book fairly closely. Um, it has a fantastic score. It has an unbelievable uh, sort of theme to it. And just if you go on YouTube and you just watch the opening credits, the opening credits really give you a sense of, of the sense of scale and scope and uh, grandeur that they are trying for. And they pretty much largely achieve. Um, there is an enormous cast in this. Like if you look on IMDb, the cast of this thing is absolutely enormous. Um, there are a couple of standout actors that I can go through a little bit as we talk. Um, and let me just go through the episodes a little bit. I'll just say a minute or two on each one. The first episode is Can We Do This, which I happen to really enjoy. And this is sort of the, the dawn of the space race, dawn of the space age. And it really, in a very, very compressed way, they do Mercury and uh, the Gemini program really wrapping up at the end of Gemini and setting the stage for Project Apollo. This is probably the fastest pace of the episodes because they've got to cover the most ground and really set the stage for you for the rest of the 11 episodes. The second episode um, is Apollo 1 uh, regarding the Apollo 1 fire and the death of uh, the Apollo 1 astronauts, Gus Grissom, Ed White, and Roger Chaffee. A lot of the episode is actually about uh, the... In um, the investigation uh, and really about uh, Frank Borman's role, astronaut Frank Borman's role in the investigation. Um, it's very, very well done. And uh, the episode is really stolen by Kevin Pollack, who plays Joseph Shea, uh, a NASA administrator who has a lot of guilt uh, over uh, the loss of uh, Gus, Ed and Roger. 
The third episode uh, is We Have Cleared the Tower, which really uh, details the Apollo 7 flight uh, and the, the, the return of the U.S. space program to actual flying missions. In this episode, Mark Harmon, uh, believe it or not, plays uh, Wally Shira, the commander of Apollo 7, and uh, tries, uh, I don't know if he quite captures, but tries to sort of capture um, Shira's difficult personality as well documented in this event. Episode 4 is 1968 uh, regarding uh, Borman, Lovell, and Anders' uh, circumlunar flight. This is an extremely uh, well-done episode. Um, Borman's wife uh, is played by, I believe, Rita Wilson, who's Thomas Hanks' wife in real life. Um, and it's very, very well done. It really gives you a sense of the scope and scale of uh, the Apollo 8 mission. Uh, episode 5 is another terrific one. It's Spider, really dealing with the uh, design and manufacture of the lunar module at Grumman on Long Island. Uh, the star of the episode is really Matt Craven, who plays Tom Kelly, uh, the lead administrator at Grumman, and really sort of details the growing pains and all the struggles that they had to get the, uh, the lunar module really ready to where it could work. Uh, episode 6 is Mare Tranquilitatis, which is the Apollo 11 mission. This is really one of the best episodes of the show. Um... It really is sort of like the it's the peak of the show in terms of the tension because now they achieve the moon landing. Um, it's very well done. It looks good. The the Apollo 11 landing scene is phenomenally done. I've watched it on YouTube many times. I've talked about it on the podcast before. And they really capture the way uh, that you would imagine that it would be and the tension of being in the lunar module descending to the lunar surface. Uh, in July of 1969 for the very first time. Um, that's all there is, is episode seven, which I happen to think is the best episode of the entire miniseries. And this is the story of uh, Apollo 12. This is the um, most, I think, lighthearted of the episodes. Um, and it has the best tone. Um, this is... Uh, Pete Conrad, Al Bean, and Dick Gordon's mission um, to the Surveyor Crater and the Surveyor Probe. This episode is infused with the most humor. Um, it's the most sort of whimsical of the the moon missions. And you get to know the astronauts in this episode perhaps better than in any other episode. Really, the, the star of this episode is Dave Foley playing Alan Bean, and he really just hits it out of the park. And I think that when I think about the miniseries, I tend to sort of think about episode seven. That's all there is um, more than any of the others. It's sort of like if I could go on a lunar mission, I'd want to go on Apollo 12 and hang with these guys. Episode eight is we interrupt this program, which details the Apollo 13 uh, mission. The, the point of this episode is really not to duplicate the Apollo 13 movie, but to show it mostly from the point of view of uh, the media and how they tried to cover the story when there was really no video to show and no images to see and just they were left relaying and dramatizing or trying to convey what was happening to the astronauts. Episode 9 is uh, for Miles and Miles, which is really uh, the story of the Apollo 14 mission, but it's really also the story of Alan Shepard. Uh, Shepard is portrayed by none other than Ted Levine, who uh, most of us know as Buffalo Bill, 
from Silence of the Lambs. And he really does a very good job. You know, Shepard was, by all accounts, a difficult person. Uh, the movie follows him from his Mercury flight to his grounding with many airs disease, his administrative role in the astronaut office, and his return to flight on the Apollo 14 mission. There is a phenomenal scene in the uh, lead-up to the landing at the Framora Highlands where they have a computer glitch and how they have to enlist um, computer programmers at MIT while the lunar module is waiting to descend and do a very, very quick uh, hack job, essentially, on the uh, guidance navigation computer so that they can have a landing. It's, uh, it's, uh, it's a great episode, and I really, really like it. Episode 10 uh, is Galileo Was Right, really dealing with the Apollo 15 mission. Uh, Dave Scott, Jim Irwin... Um, And Al Warden, sorry, I had to think there for a second, who was the third crewman. Um, and a lot of this episode also deals with Harrison Schmidt's uh, role as the geologist astronaut, Farouk Al-Baz, the lunar geologist who helps train them, um, and sort of the deliberations that went into deciding how ambitious the Apollo 15 movie, sorry, uh, landing should be. Um, episode 11 is the original Wives Club, which really talks about uh, the entire Apollo program from the perspective of their wives dealing with the, the potential prospect of their husbands dying uh, also deals with uh, some of their uh, divorces and how their marriages became strained during the course of the Apollo program. The last episode is Le Voyage dans à la Lune. That's my horrible French accent. Um, uh, that really covers, on the one hand, uh, the Apollo 17 uh, mission and also um, covers the uh, Georges Melier, if I'm not ruining that too bad, uh, early filmmaker who made the, the sort of early proto uh, science fiction film A Trip to the Moon in 1902. Um, you know, Hanks appears uh, in this episode, and I have to say, as much as I like Tom Hanks, um, it's really not um, his uh, his greatest performance, and he's, he's kind of almost... Uh, a fish out of water in this in this episode. The good parts of the episode are really the parts that deal with the Apollo 17 mission, uh, focusing on you know Gene Cernan and uh, Jack Schmidt on the moon, and it's a very very good uh, wrap up. One of the neat things about the uh, episode, sorry, but the episodes is that they have real directors. Um, you know, uh, Tom Hanks uh, directed an episode. Frank Marshall. Uh, David Carson, uh, who directed uh, Star Trek The Next... Sorry, The Next Generation uh, Film Generations. Uh, uh, who else? Uh, Sally Field directed an episode. Jonathan Mostow uh, directed an episode. So they, you know, they recruited real talent for this. And you could tell that this was a real prestige project on the part of HBO. Um, they do a good job of largely integrating this into uh, other films that the viewer might be aware of. Like I said, they don't really do Project Mercury because that's pretty much been covered in the right stuff. They don't do Apollo 13 because it essentially has its own standalone movie. You could literally, as you're watching the miniseries, just slip in watching uh, Apollo 13 sort of right about at the right time in the miniseries and it would it would sink in very well. Um, I've seen this miniseries without hyperbole a half a dozen times in its entirety and I really really like it. Uh, they just, uh, they care. And I think that that's what really sets it aside is the degree to which you get the sense that the people who made this really, really care and kind of felt that this was their definitive chance to tell the story 
of the uh, Apollo program lunar missions in a serious and deep way that's accessible to a broad audience, yet at the same time conveying a lot of historical and technical detail. Um, if you have any interest in the space program, you've probably seen it, but if you are interested in just a good drama or the space program or both, um, you may not have seen it because it is 20 years old. Um, it's not something that's shown on television anymore. Um, and you can still buy it on uh, DVD. If you are going to buy it on DVD, you have to be very careful which version you buy. This was not made in widescreen. This was filmed uh, for a standard uh, television like we all had back in the late 90s. Um, and what they did is when they originally released it on DVD in 1998, they released it in full screen just like it was done uh, for its original broadcast. And if you can, get your hands on one of those and just adjust your TV so it shows at the proper aspect ratio. Unfortunately, if you buy a later version of the miniseries, you will get the panned and sorry, you will get the, the so-called uh, widescreen version, which is really a bit of a cheat. And what they did is they just cut off the top and the bottom of the screen to make it appear widescreen. And it does distort some of the scenes and uh, some information or some things that you should be seeing and clearly the characters are reacting to is cut off. And if you look, for example, on Amazon at the reviews of the DVDs, that many people comment that this is a big negative, and it's very obvious that they've sort of cheated a little bit and tried to make a full-screen uh, television program into a widescreen television program. You know, they're changing the aspect ratio. It wasn't really filmed this way, and it's quite glaring. So if you can get your hands on the 1998 DVD set as a used copy, you're better off to have that then uh, a later reissue with the, the letterboxed uh, view. Um, that's pretty much uh, what I have to say on uh, From the Earth to the Moon. Um, I've, like I said, I've, I have always sort of had this in the back of my mind, and I not infrequently come back to watch an episode or two here or there. Um, if you're not sure after listening to this podcast, just go on YouTube and watch the opening credits. And if, if the opening credit stirs you or inspires you, then you really should give this a try. If, if you watch that opening credits with that heroic music and those great visuals and you say, I don't know, then take a pass because then it's probably not for you. But I'm telling you, I remember when I first saw it, I didn't have HBO at the time, so I had to wait till it came out on video before I could see it. I just remember seeing the commercials for it and being absolutely chilled because it looked like somebody was really giving the Apollo program the A-list treatment, which is exactly what this is. Um, the last thing I'll say that's really great about it is just uh, the enormity of the cast, and it sort of becomes a who's who game, uh, and you're just sort of tracking every episode has 10 or 15 or 20 actors, many of whom went on to much bigger roles, and you can just sort of see them all uh, getting their start or, or, or recognize some old familiar faces from other properties that you've seen. But it's it's got a cast of hundreds, and it, it really makes you feel like, you know, it didn't take three guys to go to the moon. It took thousands, and they sort of convey that with the large cast. I will uh, wrap there. Uh, I think that this will probably conclude our uh, man, American Man Space Fight uh, podcast for a little bit, although maybe we'll do, maybe I can convince Peter to do uh, Sally at 7 because I loved it. So uh, if we don't do Sally at 7, we'll probably drift away from uh, space movies for a little bit, but I'm sure we'll circle back. All right, everybody. Uh, thanks a lot, and we'll be back next week. Bye.